welcome to Life Science Marketing Radio, the podcast where marketing leaders inside and outside the sciences share their creative ideas and practical approaches to increasing your marketing ROI. Here's your host, Chris Connor. First of all, for anyone listening later, this was recorded on March 31st of 2020 in the middle of a shelter-in-place order here in California and pretty much in about 30 states across the country in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic. So that will add a little context. Uh, What you're going to hear today is the recording of a video call I did with David Schifrin talking about telling brand stories in the middle of this pandemic and what kind of content would be appropriate and how to actually produce it. So we created a Zoom video on ourselves, where we had a Zoom call and we recorded the video. David recorded his audio on a very nice microphone, so his track sounds better than mine. I used the headset I typically send to my guests, um, but it's a different recording platform, so the sound quality on my voice track doesn't quite match up to what I would usually like, but my intent was to see, like, use something that would be commonly available to people for a Zoom call to see if that would be acceptable for creating content. And I think it it does meet that criteria. I wouldn't hesitate to put it out. I'm putting this out. Um, But just recognize that that's that's what you're going to get unless you have access to high-end recording. Well, decent. doesn't even have to be high-end. Decent recording equipment. And we talk about that a little bit later, how to record great audio on your phone. but I wanted it to be a practical lesson for people to see what was possible for them during these difficult times. So that's kind of the framework for this episode. I think you'll enjoy it. I enjoyed it as always. And uh, here's my conversation with David Schifrin. Today I am here with one of my old friends and a podcast buddy, David Schifrin. David, welcome. Thanks, Chris. Good to see you. Tell everybody a little bit about what you do so they can uh, put together kind of why you and I are having this conversation. Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a bench trained scientist uh, by way of background, spent about a decade in a lab as a tech and then in grad school, grad school and a brief postdoc, and then shifted into communications and content marketing after I finished up in grad school. Um, and so my focus for the last several years has been kind of an interesting uh, evolution from helping scientists tell their stories. And when I started saying that that's what I did, I had no clue what that actually meant. Um, and <laughs> Chris, you were instrumental in helping me figure that out. So I ran my own firm for about three years. And then I've, I've actually shifted more into healthcare these days, uh, doing a lot of content development, uh, some marketing, and really finding ways to help uh, healthcare companies tell their stories. So currently, uh, I'm at Gerard Phillips, Kate & Hancock. We're a strategic communications firm. We work for healthcare providers, so hospitals and health systems. We, we help them tell the stories and, and provide the messages that their communities, their staff, the media need to hear, uh, which is a, a pretty interesting moment to be in uh, considering everything that's going on and, and part of the reason we're having this conversation. So lots of writing, lots of podcasting, lots of content. Yeah, so that's, that's what we're talking about today is brand stories and content in the age of COVID. So I'll just share that I've been on a number of webinars this week and talking to people I know on LinkedIn, getting their advice on what they think is going on. The theme that runs through all that is companies that are creating content, 
come out better on the other side. So a lot of companies doubling down on content, what kind of stories they tell might be changing a little bit. And of course, as you can see by what we're doing here today, how they do that might be different for a while. So talk about like some of the challenges we might see in terms of telling brand stories the old way, like what, what's changed that we can't do? Yeah. And I'm also going to preface this just because by saying that I'm, I'm having this conversation, um, sort of on my own, um, you know, a lot of what I'll talk about is informed by the work that I'm doing at Gerard, but isn't necessarily representative or on behalf of, of my employer. Um, I'm the son of a lawyer, so disclaimers, you gotta throw them in there. But, um, yeah, I mean, the challenge is, is that so much of what we've been used to doing in person is now impossible. Um, and we're seeing, I mean, even, you know, I know of, of church services, right. Where they're putting out, uh, virtual streams, uh, of, of services and you'll see the musicians and they're all eight, 10 feet away. And so even in a situation like that, where people are still choosing to get together, it's, it's different. And so when we're talking about company, uh, branding efforts and storytelling, we can't walk up to somebody and have a conversation. Um, so there's, there has to be a really quick shift in kind of the mechanisms that we're using. I mean, I know we had, we've spent the last, um, several months putting together a pretty nice studio at the office. And, uh, when we shut down the office, you know, scrambling to grab a couple of mics and get them to the people who might be using them. And we're no longer sitting a foot and a half away from each other at a little tiny coffee table. Uh, shooting video and recording podcasts. So, I mean, I think just learning how to interact digitally is uh, is challenging and it's surprising because we spend so much of our time online anyway, but all of a sudden now having to do all of our interaction online, you realize how tough that actually is. Right. And of course, I think in the near term, no one's going to be sending a video crew out to interview your customers or, yeah. or anyone else. And... Uh, this is actually the first Zoom meeting I've been on this week. My wife's been on more than I have, but um, this is the new reality. And But there's an opportunity to tell stories here. And I think the real value and opportunity is that people are hungry to have conversations with people that don't live under the same roof and other folks to listen in on those conversations. So I think that's the opportunity for brands to be telling stories in a way that this, we don't know how long this is going to last. Uh, I think we're not going to all be sheltering in place for an extended period of time, but even when that ends, I don't think people are going to be getting together in groups or I think this is going to be, this is going to last a while. Yeah. And, and, and I think in addition, Chris, it's, it's helpful. I mean, you're talking about, you know, people wanting to hear the stories and, and wanting to hear from people that they don't get to see. And I think there's also uh, a really big opportunity for, for brands to kind of show uh, a little bit of their humanity too. And, you know, this is something we talk about in, in content marketing all the time is how do you make it personal and how do you be empathetic? And, and the fact that you might be producing content from home as the marketing director or the CEO, whoever the spokesperson is, um, you know, and to have whatever backdrop is going on, uh, it still is professional, but it shows that yes, in fact, there are people behind this brand and they're dealing with the same things that, uh, that you are, or at least a, they are dealing with something. So, you know, I think the, the, the home recording studio, uh, has a lot of uh, value for, for showing that humanity. 
Right. So the way I'm looking at it is that authenticity is becoming more authentic. Yeah. It's a much more concise answer. That's it. And uh, I think once this, once the people get used to this, the horse is out of the barn in a sense. There, there will be, I think, from my point of view, and you know this, and everybody who's listening to the podcast knows this, I'm all for creating content as simply as possible. Of course, you want the highest level of quality possible, but right now, we can't get that. And here is a simple way to deliver value. And we may discover that we can do this and, and do really well at it. And people are getting used to it. And maybe we don't need what we had before. So let's experiment with that. Um, talk a little bit, I guess, about, I mean, we're doing this by Zoom. You and I had this conversation a couple months ago about recording conversations by Zoom and then editing those videos and repurposing them. Um, I guess that's pretty obvious to everybody. I would say that to let everyone know, we did, to a degree, we created an outline for this conversation. Mm-hmm. And um, so we scripted it a little bit because it has to have a point for two reasons. Your audience needs one. And two, editing uh, is time consuming and you may not want to put the whole thing out. So um, that makes it easy for you and the audience. Talk about if you're going to do this, um, whether in your regular job or at your old firm, what kind of stories you might think about. Yeah, right now, um, you know, again, thinking about this in the world that, that I sort of inhabit at this point, it's, oh, okay. Am I back? Well, and I mean, I'm just going to take a, a side a sidebar here before we get into the types of stories, because you know, like you said, um, and I, to explain, depending on where you put the edit point in here, Chris, we just had a weird like the edit, the audio just dropped out and it took what about 45 seconds to get it back. And, um, anyway, so, uh, you know, this is the kind of thing that's happening right now. Zoom is a really robust platform. They've done a fantastic job of helping people shift over to spending their lives on, on online. Um, but it's funny cause I've been thinking a lot this week about that, that guy at the BBC, um, and I looked up his name, so I'd be prepared. Robert Kelly, who you know, what was it, two or three years ago, right? His his kids wandered into the office while he was live, and his wife came in, and was trying to corral them, and it was like the video of the year, and it was hilarious, and um, and it was hilarious because it was so ridiculous, and he handled it in such a like professional way. It was just pure comedy and pure gold, and yet now that's every day for pretty much all of us. Right. And so that is that authenticity. And it's like, Oh yeah, that's, that's my kid in the background. That's my dog. The, the lawn guys out at the neighbors right now, it is what it is. The sound drops out. Here we are. Um, so there's a lot of, of forgiveness and understanding and kind of shared humor in, in that, which is, I think really, really valuable. Um, but to your point, Chris, uh, about what types of stories brands need to be telling right now, it's got to focus on the people, um, you know, and we're seeing this a lot across healthcare uh, with, you know, I mean, even if you just scroll through LinkedIn, um, photos of the caregivers, you know, on the front lines working, um, there's uh, you know, all these uh, organizations that are stepping in to provide 
food for people who can't get out and shop, um, whether it's part of a, an official you know healthcare organization or anything else. Um, you got to tell those stories. You know, I'd love to see the biotech companies who are working on point of care diagnostics. You know, telling stories about the scientists who are developing those. But I think that's what we we need right now. Um, it's absolutely an opportunity to to showcase the the people and the minds and the personal impact of what's going on. Right. I love those uh, showcase stories about people who are doing things that are relevant to what's going on, and also. Um, they're, they're, everybody's struggling in some way. And if you can think about how your customers in particular are struggling and deliver content that will help them, whether it's, you know, how to work from home, which I see a lot of videos on, but there must be things that go farther than that, that would be of value to people. And maybe it's not even necessarily tied to the pandemic, but it's a lesson for everybody to think about what content is generally valuable for your customer and, and to get on that train right now, because um, I think that's where the, the value in, in those brand stories is whether or not there's a pandemic. Yeah. That's a really good point, Chris, because it, it's what we talk about all the time. Like ask your customers what, what they need or listen for, you know, the key words. I mean, fill, fill a gap, right. Provide value. And I think what you just hit on is that, that is that's important across the board and there is an opportunity right now because of the current situation it kind of concentrates that and so you almost don't have a choice but to say what do you need and to be listening and to really learn how to do that well because even though that's like marketing 101 it still is hard and and too many brands don't do it um they still talk about themselves too much or whatever but now you're we're, we're forced into that because people don't have the time or the energy necessarily to, to kind of wander around looking for something. You've got to deliver it right, right to them. Yes. And I think right now, I know some people are much busier than usual. You talked to me a little bit about that. And then there are people who are not quite as busy as they usually are. And mm -hmm. so, and I think many of for example, in my space, a lot of scientists are now working from home. All they can do is analyze data, maybe design new experiments. Um, they're not doing anything else. So if you're working with scientists, now they're going to be more available, one, for creating those stories, but two, just to call them up and say, hey, what's life like for you right now? What would be helpful for you? Uh, and so yeah. I think um, you've got to find out what everybody's particular situation is right now and, and think about what you can do for that. Yeah. So the last thing I want to talk about is uh, repurposing. So one of the things is if you're creating video content like this, there's a lot of ways that you can distribute it. So you're starting sort of at what I would call the very highest level of content density, audio and visual, and take it from there. So what, what kinds of things would you do if you we're making these Zoom videos. How would you repurpose them to get broad distribution? All of the things. If there is a channel, use it. All of the things. Yeah, um, totally agree with you on on the content density. This is the, and that's a term that I need. I've heard you use that before, and I, I need to remember to to use that because that's a perfect description. Start with conversations. 
Um, and, and I talk about this a lot with, with my colleagues because again, we're a communications firm. So we spend a lot of our time writing, um, and really, you know, creating this material, um, for our clients. And sometimes it can be challenging to kind of convince people that yes, like you can speak off the cuff and have just a wealth of knowledge and information to share. Um, and yeah, you've got to be prepared and you've got to have an outline and kind of know the direction like we've already talked about, but there's so much information, you know, within your brain to talk about that. That is just a fantastic way to get people going. Um, and I think, you know, that's, I suspect, I know for me and I suspect for you, Chris, one of the reasons why we like podcasting so much is because you, you get to call these people up and just say, here's a question. And then all of a sudden this information spills out. So, so you take that whether it's a video like this or a webinar or whatever, but some kind of recorded conversation and then just start repurposing it. So um, turn it into a white paper, turn it into a series of blogs, uh, cut it up for takeaways and best practices and tips for social media. Um, you know, you, you take something that is what a 30 minute conversation is it's a hundred, it's about a hundred, 150 words per minute spoken. In my case, it's probably like 250. I don't know. Um, so you've got several thousand words and you just start to break that up into smaller and smaller chunks. Um, if you have access to a design team, have them put together a three to five page white paper, um, or roll it out as a series of blog posts. And, um, you know, uh, I think you've talked about case studies, always go back and, and provide data and examples of where things work. Cause also I think people just in general, but especially during this time are hungry for information about what their peers are doing. And so anytime you can say, this is what your competitor or your peer or this organization across the country is doing and they've had success, people are desperate for that information. Yeah. Those are all great ideas for content for sure. And I, talked about this a little bit on a short video I posted on LinkedIn, but I can tell you that when you take a podcast or a conversation like this and you get a transcript, which is super easy, uh, then creating a white paper out of that is the easiest piece of written content you're ever going to get. So if it's a reasonable conversation, it takes minimal editing. And the benefit besides being easy for you to create is that it's going to be easy to consume because it, it sounds like people talking. You don't want it to look like a written interview in Rolling Stone, for example, where you know, name, talk, name, talk. But it, it can come out where you're delivering the information in a sequence in prose, but it sounds more natural. Yeah. And just as an example of that, um, at, at Gerard this past week, from the time that we're recording this conversation, um, a couple of our advisors uh, did a webinar, ran about 45 minutes long, including some Q&A. So we had about 30, 35 minutes of, pre of prepared content. Exactly what you said, Chris. I ran the transcript and then spent a couple of days kind of moving some pieces around, cleaning it up, and then handed it off to our design team. And as of this morning, again, as of the time that we're, we're recording this, that white paper is live on our site as our, our featured resource, right? So that was a four, maybe five day turnaround. Now, granted, we have some resources at the firm and a, a dedicated design team, right? I'm very blessed to be in that position, but the same principle applies. You can, you can put it together very quickly. Um, yeah. Transcripts are gold. Yeah. And uh, going back to what we were talking about earlier, 
that's where scripting out and storyboarding helps a little bit. So that script or storyboard or the questions you decided you were going to ask the interviewee are sort become the headlines or the subheads yes. for the whole thing. And, and that's it. And it's organized. It's ready to go. Yeah. It's, it's, um, I don't know if we should say this cause then we'll all be out of a job, but it's shockingly easy to do, uh, or maybe it's simple. It's not easy, but it is relatively simple. Uh, when you sit down and you think about what you've got in front of you. It's just a smart way to go. And because you're doing it more easily, you can create more content and create more value. Let's put it that yeah. way. So anything else we should talk about? Uh, going back to just kind of the availability and the technology, I mean, something, and, and uh, cause I was, reading your post on LinkedIn about, you know, whether this is the new norm and do we go back to the old way and the high production value and everything after all this is over. And I do think there are like some, some cautionary tales in there as well, because none of this is, and, and you, you, you mentioned this earlier, Chris, but it's not an excuse or you kind of alluded to it. It's not an excuse to not do the best you can. Um, but the tools that are available are relatively inexpensive, actually very inexpensive, uh, you know, to get a, a decent microphone and um, to use some decent recording software. And so I do think it's really important for people to still not just say, well, I don't have to worry about it because nobody cares right now. Uh, you still want to put put that effort behind it and, and, and doing so is pretty easy. Um, so I, you know, just, I, I think that's, that's part of it. Um, I, I also think that there is, an opportunity to kind of highlight the the acuity or the of the situation based on the format you're using. And so, for example, um, if you've got somebody out in the field, whatever that means for you, on the phone, it's great. Record that call uh, and and have a conversation. If they can't be in front of their computer and do a Zoom call, right? You can still publish a phone call, um, and people will recognize it as such. But in this case this wouldn't have made sense for you to call me and us record the phone call because why, you know, it just, that doesn't sound right. So I think the context is important as well. Um, when you're, when you're setting these things up and when you're telling the stories, but if you've got somebody out in the front lines, um, you know, there, there still is a lot of, of grace among the audience to understand what that looks like. Um, you know, when you think about, uh, newscasters who are in, uh, uh, middle of a hurricane or a war zone, right? And they're doing the satellite phone. People understand that and it, it adds to the intensity of the situation. Nobody's worried about the fact that things are kind of cutting in and out. So um, yeah, just a couple of things to consider there. What about you? Like, what are you, what are you hearing from, from your peers and your clients these days? Um, I don't know if I've heard anything specific about that. What you just mentioned, and what, first of all, it was interesting that as you did that, your video stuttered when you were talking about the hurricane thing. <laughs> so, well done. And then for people who don't know, since you mentioned phone calls, you know, and it's, well, so first of all, here's what I've, uh, another observation. The headset that I'm wearing, which is what I send to every podcast guest for the last five years, now to get them online, first of all, you have to wait a long time and the price has gone up. Um, and I think it's, I'm hoping it's because everybody's already bought one to do Zoom calls. And now I don't need to send them anymore because you already have one. <laughs> Second of all, um, for people who don't have that, um, your phone is an awesome recorder. So I don't know... How, personally how to record a phone call while I'm making it. 
But if you call someone on a landline and use your cell phone as a recording device, the quality there is phenomenal. Like, I wouldn't know the difference between it and this expensive mic that's sitting next to me that I'm not using right now because I wanted to keep this simple. So uh, that's, an, and I've done that um, with a client podcast where I just, we called up someone on a landline and they stacked their cell phone on some books in front of them and just hit record and then sent me the file and I put it in to everything else. And honestly, it, it probably sounded better than many of the calls that went otherwise on over the internet. So um, that's what I know. That's great. And, and there's software out there to pull all this together. Um, if you do want to spend some, some money, I think the other side is that if you, if you are like, I'm, so this, this mic that I'm using, I have it here and I figured why not? I'll go ahead and use it. Um, but I think there's room to be creative. And if you want to spend a little bit of money or you want to try something, do it. I mean, now's a great opportunity to kind of test out some different mechanisms, but yeah, record on your phone. Um, the technology is there. I mean, we're, we're at a point where this is from a technological standpoint, if this was going to happen, uh, we are living in a good moment for it to happen. And I think, uh, I don't know this is going to happen, but you can imagine now that as this becomes a little bit more of the new norm, technology companies are going to invest more in making these kinds of calls even better. Yeah, that's a great point. Higher resolution webcams, um, Maybe this will accelerate the rollout of 5G. I don't know. Maybe we're going to get gig Ethernet. But uh, there's a lot of strain on infrastructure right now. So, yeah, I, I think that's the most phenomenal thing that I haven't really heard people that talking. I'm sure it's happening about uh, video conferencing calls that are where the quality is intolerable because it, you have to believe that they're not only happening you know, for work purposes, but everybody having their, you know, quarantine hour, uh, so up bandwidth with 40 friends. Yeah. Right? Like my high school classmates apparently are doing this afternoon. So. <laughs> what are you doing talking to me? Yeah, exactly. Well, I've got some time. <laughs> David Schifferin, I want to thank you as always a fantastic guest on this video cast and I hope you stay safe and best to everybody. Thanks, Chris. Same to, to you and yours. Um, it's nice to have these conversations, something to kind of break things up and, you know, think about something a little bit different. So I appreciate it. Always, always a pleasure. A little notice just popped up on my computer that spring break starts tomorrow. Oh, perfect. We can all stay home. <laughs> Everybody can chill. Yeah. <laughs> If you'd like to see what the Zoom video looks like, I'm releasing clips of that on my LinkedIn profile. I don't think anybody's going to sit and watch a 25-minute Zoom recording between me and anybody, um, unless it's maybe Andrew Cuomo, and I don't think he's going to talk to me. And that's one of the takeaways from this little experiment we did is that... Um, I think you can do these videos and they're great for brand storytelling. I would break them up into two or three minute clips and distribute them through many channels. Uh, we talked about repurposing in the episode. Of course, you can use the whole transcript as uh, fodder for a blog post or white papers, case studies, what have you. But I don't think the whole video in and of itself is going to be the ideal channel. But lots of short 
video clips, one question at a time. I think that's great. That gives you more, more touch points. So that's one lesson. The audio, syncing uh, David's great audio with the Zoom recording was a challenge because there's a little bit of the Zoom recording. It doesn't catch everything. So there's a little drift between the audio and the video. You'll see that in a lack of sync there on his side. Uh, I don't think that's insurmountable. And honestly, I would just use a decent mic and and just take the Zoom recording it and use that or however you can get the best audio into your Zoom recording is the way to go. I chose to use a natural background because I wasn't quite sure what the recording would look like with an artificial background. So you've probably seen that there are many options for for putting a JPEG into your uh, Zoom recording and have it show up as the background behind you, which I think I've seen some fantastic examples. I wasn't confident, so I happily uh, shared <laughs> a little bit of our dining room with you. And so that's a choice you can make. I'm okay with either one. Honestly, I think it's about the content and in a two or three minute clip, it probably doesn't matter. And the final takeaway is don't let all these inconveniences stop you from making content and telling stories. With that, I hope you and yours are all safe and well. If you enjoyed the podcast, share it with a couple of your colleagues who I'm sure would love to hear from you these days. And uh, tip your delivery drivers. I'll be here all week. Bye-bye.